Every Sunday is an expression of God's power, His ability. It's always Super Sunday uh, when we come to the house of the Lord. And, and I, I pray that you would just look. You, you, you look at your neighbor. And say, man, you could chill. You just, you just, you just straight, just, just chill. Don't, don't, don't be thinking about uh, if you're gonna have uh, what you're gonna your dippings for your buffalo wings today. Just, just chill. Just, just take it in. Don't, don't worry about if you got high definition TV to watch the Super Bowl. Just, I just want you to relax in the presence of God. You know why? Because God's got a word for you, right? And I want you to be disposed to that. I want your heart to be open because I promise you today, if you're listening in the Spirit of God, if you've got your spiritual ears attuned, God's going to speak something so profound to you today that's going to be to your deliverance. Amen. And how many today know, how many today know, if you're living in the world that I'm living in, Listen, we've got to be attuned to the things of God, to the voice of God, to the purpose of God, because this is our arsenal to fight for the kingdom of heaven until the Lord return, right? And I want you to be super victorious, right? I want you to win the day. I want you to win the battle. And so we're going to get into some conversations in this series called Weak Things, right? And so we're just going to, we're going to talk about people, events, situations in the Bible that help produce a weakness. And I want to suggest to you that the weaker you become, the more powerful God will be in your life. Power is made perfect in weakness. And you know, it's just hard sometimes to be weak. And, and none of us want to be weak. In fact, when we're weak, we feel vulnerable. But I'm going to show you how profound this is. And I'm going to introduce some, some people, some characters in the Bible, some situations. And we're going to talk about weakness. Today, you might be here today and you feel weak. And to you, I say glory to God that we could see that weakness disposed into the power of God. And we're going to be talking about some profound things in the next several weeks. So y'all know that, that just to give everybody a kind of a quick little uh, a heads up, uh, I'm going to be preaching this series until I leave. Y'all know March 10th, uh, I'm leaving to, to Ethiopia. We're going to go back and do some work. Uh, there's a building, a brand new church building that's being built. They want me to come and inaugurate the building and preach, preach some be the first person to preach in the building and share the gospel and share the ministry of Christ. So I'm going to be gone. But we're going to preach weak things up until that service, and then I'll be out a couple Sundays, and then uh, you'll have a very uh, capable, uh, beautiful men of God. How many are thankful we've got people in here to come in and, and minister? And I know uh, Elder Richard and Pastor Josh, people will be coming in and ministering, but we've got a wonderful a slate ahead. So just be ready. We're going to be in this series with things. I'm going to say maybe, maybe four messages and then we'll get through it. So let me ask you to stand to your feet. I, 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 want to, I want to direct you to the 12th chapter of the book, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to read there. I'm namely trying to get down to verse 8, 9, and 10. But I'm going to read the whole chapter to you because I just want you to take in the chapter, right? I want you to hear uh, this issue. Uh, this is kind of, could I say, foundational to the degree uh, of, of how we're going to perceive a power made perfect. And I'm going to read this to you, and, and I really want you to hear these verses when we get down to 8, 9, and 10, because there's some, there's some power here that we're going to unleash in the church. I'm going to, through the Spirit of God, I'm going to help you to lay hold of the power of God, because in the power of God is your victory. And the power of God is your overcoming. And the power of God is your marriage being healed and being remedied. And the power of God is your health and your abilities. Come on, somebody. And the power of God is the blessing of God. Come on, somebody say amen to that. And we're going to get into some of this stuff, and I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. But I'm namely trying to get to these verses 8, 9, and 10. But it's good for us to read the, the chapter uh, uh, 12 to see this in context. And you'll see how amazing this is. And I'm going to be reading, a, a, giving you a few things about Apostle Paul. I'm going to talk about his connection. I'm going to talk to you about the cost. And I'm going to talk to you about his calling. And you'll see how amazing uh, this man, Apostle Paul, truly is. So if you're in, if you're in 2 Corinthians, uh, beginning here at chapter 12, I'll start here at verse 1. And it begins like this. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. Look at your neighbor say, don't glory now. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, shuts a one caught up to the third heaven. This is paradise. And I knew, I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, 
how he was caught up into paradise, verse 4, and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities, in my weaknesses. Now this is an amazing thing. He's going to glory in his weakness. And I want to teach you this principle. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be no fool now. For though I would desire to glory, I will not be a fool. For I will say the truth. But now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the, re through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now, if, if you're reading this right, I want you to hear Paul say it. And you need to receive it like this. Paul said it was given to me. Look at your name and say, Paul was given a thorn. And brother and sister, I'm here to tell you, God gives you thorns too. <laughs> Boy, that's tough. To, that, 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 that's tough medicine right there. I almost, almost fell down when I said that. That, that. that God will give you a thorn. And you better know that about the kingdom of heaven. You'll, God will give you a thorn. Now, 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 notice the thorn. Paul gives definition to his thorn. Look what he says. He says, and there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Notice what he says. A messenger of Satan. In other words, this is actually translated an angel a demonic angel, right? A messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Interesting, right? Now, now here's the text that I want to introduce. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, now, now notice uh, 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 the book of Acts, obviously, book of Revelation, but nowhere else in the epistles do you hear Jesus. This red letter. It's amazing. Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Ah, somebody. Ah, I like that. I like that. He says, my, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, look at Paul, and I'm going to talk about this here in just a moment. Watch Paul. Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, well, I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. Come on, anybody ever been to Chick-fil-A? Come on. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Y'all ready to get down? We're going to get down with the get down. We're going we're gonna to get to this. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to need this now. You're going to need this. Don't be saying, I wish my auntie was here. My auntie was here. She, no, no, no. We're talking about you this morning. You need to hear this. Trust me. Oh, this is an arsenal. This is, this is weaponry. This is how the church gets strong, right? Y'all ready? Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this service because, Holy Spirit, you've already graced us with your presence. For, for it's true. Wherever two or three come together, gather together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And you're right here. I sense the presence of God already abiding about, already moving about, stirring hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, we're here to submit ourselves to the instruction of the Word of God. We're, we're here to get God's mind on the matter. We're here to walk out of here, not with our own thoughts, but with, with thoughts that come from the, the mind of God, from the heart of God. Uh, let us walk out of here empowered to do the work, to, to, to do whatever we have to do in this world, to exemplify, to, to magnify, to produce the image of Christ wherever you may be sending us. And so we pray your blessing. We pray your help. We pray your strength. Holy Spirit, I pray uh, today that there be an anointing here so profound that, that easy, listening is easy. Uh, that the Word of God comes and it, it's impressed upon our hearts. Let, let, let the kind of anointing come uh, that, that produces a fruit back. Not 30, not 60, but 100 times that which was sown. Let it be evident today 
uh, help me, Holy Spirit, as only you can help me to deliver this message concisely, that there be no confusion, that people walk out of here understanding clearly uh, the, the lesson that you've brought to us this morning. I pray your help, your strength, and I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Listen, I want you to go hug somebody right now. Go find somebody who looks sad, and I want you to tell them, God's power is made perfect in weakness. Go tell them, God's power is made perfect in weakness. Go find somebody. They look a little sad, look dejected, look like somebody stole their lunch money. Go find them and tell them. Go tell them, go tell them. They need to hear it. God's power is made perfect in weakness. God's power is made perfect in weakness. God's power is made perfect in weakness. How amazing that thought truly is. How difficult that is to attain to. So, so the Spirit of God has sent me here this morning to deal with the pain problem. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got a pain problem. Everybody has it. We all have a pain problem. Let, let me share, j just in brevity, you, you heard it. I'm just going to recant it again just so that it would be fresh in your mind. That Apostle Paul gives to us the revelation. Uh, he already speaks to us the synopsis of, of the whole thought of it all. Paul says, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I, I mean, nothing could be said further than that. Uh, the problem is, is that uh, the church doesn't know what glory is. It's such an odd thing that, that the church doesn't comprehend even the word holiness. Well, what, is, what is holiness, preacher? What, what is glory? Most people couldn't give words to it. We say it. We say it in church. We speak about holiness. We talk about glory. We just don't know what it is. We've never defined it. So, so that's where the preacher comes in. That's why God sends me to, to, to help you comprehend what these things are. Do, do you know, do you know, in fact, let me just, let me just quote a couple of verses just to kind of uh, wet your whistle. Let me, get, let, me, let me start licking at this salt lick uh, that we used to have in the, how many know on farms they have a salt lick, right? Anybody know what a salt lick is? Yeah, yeah cow goes, get, get, start licking that salt. Come on, somebody. Paul says this. You got to hear this. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, uh, not many mighty or noble are called. Watch this. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Look at your neighbor and say, you, you fool. God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And then he says this, and God, listen, hath chosen. Do you hear what I'm saying? God chooses the weak things of this world to confound the mighty. And in fact, he says base things. And, and things that are despised have God chosen. He says, and even the things that are not, that they might bring to not the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. No flesh should glory in the presence of God. But what is glory? Do you know that the prophet Isaiah gives us the voice of God when he says this? I am Yahweh. That is my name. And I will not give my glory to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Do you know that God is jealous about his glory? 
If you don't think so, just, just ask King Herod. How many know that Herod, uh, the Bible says he gave up and gave an ortation, and everybody said, the voice of a God. But the Bible says that he failed to give God the glory, and an angel of the Lord came and smote him. And the Bible says there before the people, he was eaten with worms, and he gave up the ghost. God is jealous about glory. What's glory? Uh, the best description of glory is given to us by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah said, Isaiah 6, listen to Isaiah. He says, uh, in, the care the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord uh, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above the throne stood the seraphims, right? And the Bible says, and each had six wings, with twain it covered his face, and with twain it covered his feet, and with twain it did fly. And they cried one to another, watch this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Watch this. And the whole earth is full of his glory. Now that's an odd statement. He said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. You thought he would have said the whole earth is full of his holiness. But that's not what the prophet taught us. Some of you know that John the Revelator, when John the Revelator was in, in Revelation chapter 4, we know that chapter 4, the book of Revelations, is the place where we, we get a little semblance of the throne room of God. Wouldn't it be nice to be in the throne room of God? To, to be like the seraphims, to, to actually see God for what he is. Do, do, do you know that the prophet Moses said, Lord, I want to see you. I want to see you in all your glory. He said, man, listen, you can't see all my glory. If I revealed my glory, you would surely die. But wouldn't it be nice to be like the seraphims, to, to actually peer in to see God? Think, 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 about, think about seeing God. I mean, I don't know what all you've seen. There's been some things that I've seen that have caused me to be aghast. I, I, I've stood in different parts of the world and I said, look at the handiwork of God. That I might even say to you, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteous men who want the truth and unrighteousness. Because what? God has shown it unto them. He's manifested himself. What creation demonstrates, look at what God can do. Doesn't that cause you to tremble? And all the ability of men, all the power of men, they can make one grain of sand. God fills the oceans with sand every day. Uh, the, 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 seraphims, the seraphims look into God, and you know what they're telling you? What I am seeing is incredible.
hear what I just said? The issue is we don't see the glory of God in weakness. All the things that you, you say are bad. All the evil that you suppose is happening in your life. You attribute that to the devil rather than saying, I'm going to glory. There's some things happening in your life to which you have a face attached to the problem you're going through. Because I'm here to tell you, there's no face to your problem. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in your life, people that are messing with you, things that are going on with you. Your husband is tripping, your wife is tripping, your boss is tripping, people around you, stuff, things, that, that, and the other. And you don't realize that God wants to demonstrate his glory in your infirmity, in your weakness. God is in all of that. Look at your neighbor and say, God is in all of that. So get rid of that ugly frown you wear. I know there's a lot of stuff happening in your life that you don't like it. Uh, nobody likes getting fired from them jo- from their, for their job. Uh, nobody likes losing a benefit or a thing or a situation. Or nobody likes to be in a place where they don't feel like they're being blessed. Oh, we see the glory and the blessing. We just don't see it in the weakness and the infirmity. And so the preacher has to come and tell you, God is in the thorn. Somebody has to come tell you that there's a thorn in your flesh. And you can pray all you want about it. It ain't going to leave. Look, look, look. I'll, I'll quote the verses. Uh, you got your Bible. I'll, I'll let you read it with me. Go, go with me. Say Matthew chapter 11. Because you know sometimes the preacher. Look, I just quote all these verses because I know them because I use them. Are, are, are you in St. Matthew uh, chapter 11? Go, slide your finger down to verse 28. What did Jesus say? Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. See, I, I read it before you even got over to the passage. Uh, you, you, you hear the apostle Peter, 5th chapter, 1st Peter, he says, Cast your cares upon the Lord, for he careth for you. But I got news for you. He's not going to carry everything. Not everything you get to pass over. Some things you got to endure. Because it's he that endures to the end shall be saved. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that weird? Because what I'm teaching you is the glory. The problem is why we can't comprehend it. We got a pain problem. A power is made perfect in your pain. And you're going to have some of that. Look at your name and say, you're going to have some pain. So quit tripping. Quit, quit, quit running around like a chicken with the head cut off. I know about all that stuff. I'm a country boy. I know what it is to, uh, you know, when, they, when they say you want some chicken, they weren't talking about church's chicken. We're talking about Popeye's chicken. They're talking about that chicken over there in that chicken coop. <laughs> The one that you've been playing with, your little pet, they bought the little chicken fufu going to get cooked up. <laughs> I'm from the country, Doc. There's a pain problem. Whenever there's a pain problem, there's a glory problem. We, we need Apostle Paul to teach us this. So, so let, let, let me go through a few things with the Apostle Paul. Uh, and, and I'm going to go with him with you, so you're going to travel with me in your Bible. But, but don't take too long, because, you know, I, I can't, you know, I only got a few minutes, and then y'all want to go eat lunch. So come on now. So, so open your Bible, Philippians 3. Uh, th- th- this is Paul's connection. This is pedigree. I'm going to talk about pedigree, right? Let me just talk about, how many know Paul had pedigree? Paul has pedigree. I'm going to read this to you, Philippians 3. I'm actually going to quote it to you. Philippians 3, slide your finger down to verse 4. Paul says, although I might have also confidence in the flesh, 
And if any other man think, think of that, he might have uh, confidence. Wherever he might have confidence in flesh, what did Paul say? I'm more. You see, I'm connected to this. I, I have pedigree. He says, I was, I was circumcised on the eighth day. You know, just like Jesus was when they took him back to the temple. He, he said, I'm from the stock of Israel. I'm as pure blood as they come. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Is there anybody more ferocious than the Benjamites? You see, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Well, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I'm as pure as they come. He says, that's touching the law. A Pharisee. I'm an attorney of the word of God. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. As touching the righteousness that is in the law, I am blameless. But what things were gained for me? I counted all loss for Jesus Christ. It nothing but dung. Look at your name and say, where you're coming from is doo-doo. That ain't going to help you in the kingdom. Don't, don't, don't talk to me about all the people you've come from and all the things they've done. That ain't nothing to God. Because you don't use pedigree to get close to the Lord. Yeah, I'm just saying it. I'm glad you come from good family, but that ain't going to help you with the pain God's going to put in your life. And you're not going to go to God and say, God, look at, look at where I come from. Look, look at the past generations of generations of people that serve God. And look, at, look at who I am. Therefore, God said, I ain't concerned about your pedigree. Uh, Paul paid a cost. He paid a dear price. Uh, Jesus said he would. When he sent Ananias over to take those scales off his eyes. He goes, you're going to show Paul how much he must suffer to bring the gospel over to the Gentiles. He paid a price for that. Uh, let, let's read it. Uh, let, go with me. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Some of you may not know this, but, but, but Paul was, was, was whipped 40 stripes minus one, five times. Listen, when Paul says he has a thorn, he's speaking more of a stake to be impaled. He's talking about crucifixion. And none of you have resisted yet to the shedding of blood. Look at your neighbor and say, man, you haven't dripped one drop of blood and you already tripping. You tell me how hard it is. I had people telling me it's so hard to come to church on Sunday. I said, my God, are you kidding me? And you're the same person that shows up to work early. You're that same brother and sister that you're, oh, you're always here so early. We love you. You're here. You're at your desk talking to everybody at the water cooler. You're the one that brings burritos for breakfast. You bring donuts to work. But you can't get to church on time. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you, baby. He's talking about you. Church don't start till 10 o'clock. You have to be at work at 6.30. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, man, he's talking about you. That's you, man. I saw you coming up just a little while ago out in the parking lot. That's a word for somebody. You haven't shed one drop of blood for the kingdom yet, and you're acting like you've paid a price. So, so let me introduce you to somebody who knows what it is to have a thorn, a real bona fide thorn, a real cost to pay, so that you might be encouraged in, in well-doing so that you won't faint right now, that you, you'll endure to the end. Because, brother and sister, I'm here to tell you, as we get closer to the coming of the Son of Man, it's going to get tougher. You're not going to get easier in your faith. It's going to get tougher in your faith. And there's going to come a time where there's going to be persecution in the church. And who knows, maybe you might have to drop some blood. Are, are, are you there, 2 Corinthians? Man, look what time it is. Oh, my God. 
2 Corinthians 11, slide your finger down to verse 24. I want to read this so you can get it. So Paul not only had a connection, he had pedigree, he also paid a cost. Look, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Call him up, call him up, tell him what you want, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want, Jesus on the main line now. 2 Corinthians 11, 24, look what it says. Of the Jews, this is Paul, look, look, I'll read verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in death off. He says, of the Jews, five times received I, 40 stripes saved one. One scourging can kill you. It happened to Paul five times. When he says, I bear the marks of the gospel of Christ, he literally means he bears the mark. He could take off his shirt and show you. Paul says, thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Read about it. Acts 14, do you know that Paul was stoned? Some believe he was resurrected. That they drug him out of the city. They left him there as dead. And the Bible says when the apostles got around him, Paul got up. Listen, stoning, they're not throwing foam at you. You're being dealt a blow with rocks. So when Paul says, I have a thorn in my flesh, he's not talking about him being sick. I've heard theologians say, oh, well, Paul must have had, you know, an appendicitis. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Read your Bible. Read the whole of it. Paul's saying that there's a real attack, a demonic work, an evil work conspiring to take his very life. Do you know that over 40 men cursed Paul and said, we will not eat or drink until Paul be killed. He had over 40 mercenaries trying to take his life. Paul was saying, what did I do to you? What did I do to you? When I came, I didn't even pick up an offering from you. Didn't I come in the fullness of the heart of God? Didn't I come in the demonstration of the spirit of God? Why do you hate me so? Paul said, there's a thorn. There's a messenger stirring up evil against me. First lady will tell you that over the years, listen, if you go to Harvest Point Church, you, you, you might find somebody, you tell them, hey, I go to Harvest Point Church. Oh, with Pastor Ramos? Yeah, yeah, Pastor. Oh, man, that's a bad man. Get away from him. He's a loser. He's this. He's that. You know, a lot of years there's when people leave the church and they come back and they say, Pastor, I just need to talk to you. Listen, I want to apologize for all the bad things I said about you. I said, don't worry, you don't have to apologize. I'm going to glory in that infirmity. Because in spite of all of that, I'm still here. Do you know that it's amazing that when you see me on Sunday morning, I got a smile on my face. That's the glory of God, my friend. I've been through some stuff. I've had to walk through some stuff. I've been offended. I've been talked about. And any man or woman that stands in a pulpit and declares the word of God, there is going to be a public attack against them. And I'm okay with that. You can say whatever you want to say about me. I care less what you think. I care what God thinks. Listen, sometimes you're going to talk about God and people are going to hate you. That's all right, too. Paul says, I was stoned once. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. He says, a day and a night have I been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, fastings often, in cold and nakedness, and besides all that are without, that, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Watch Paul. Who is weak? And I'm not weak. And, and who is offended? And I burn not. Brother and I got these scriptures memorized. They're in my spirit. Listen to Paul. If I must needs glory... You, you, you see, I've been through some stuff, man. I, I paid the price, but I'm not going to glory in the price that I've paid. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you gave a tithe. But you ain't paid the price yet. I 
I'm glad, I'm glad you gave $32.62 in your little love offering, but you ain't paid no price yet. Can I suggest to you that God owns it all? And the tithe that you bring to the Lord belongs to him already. Brothers and sisters, you ain't paid no price yet. You think you're going to give God the glory by giving him what's already his? You, you never give nobody a present, go into their house, take some out and say, here's a 50-inch TV. So well, that looks a lot like my TV. That's interesting. You don't want to buy me a pair of shoes. I, funny, I got the same pair of shoes in my closet. Well, they were your shoes. I just gave them back to you as a gift. Listen, you ain't paid no price. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't paid no price yet. He says, who is weak and I am not weak? And who is offended but I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my weaknesses, my infirmities. Man, Paul is teaching, man. And it's hard to hear it. It's hard to hear this church. I, but, but listen, I'm going to take you somewhere real nice. So hold tight. Say, we're going somewhere really good, but you just got to hold tight. So then Paul talks about calling. How many know Paul's got a calling? His calling, we just read it. I don't got to read it to you. Let me tell you how profound, how proficient the call of Apostle Paul is. Listen, listen to the proficiency of his call. He was taken into paradise. You're a bad boy when you get escorted into paradise. Now we're all going to get there, but you got to die to get there. Paul went there alive. Not only did Paul receive the revelation of paradise, he heard things that he couldn't even write down. John the Revelator got revelation. We read it all the time, the book of Revelation. He could write it down. Paul's revelation was so proficient that God said these words are unlawful to even utter. And do you know the people of his day did not receive Paul? I'm walking in incredible revelation, my calling, my learning. Do you know that Apostle Paul says of himself that he didn't learn the gospel from the disciples. He learned the gospel from Christ himself while in the desert of Arabia. He said it was Jesus that taught me, not the disciples. They still didn't receive him. He says, don't you know who I am, my pedigree? Don't you know the cost that I'm paying? Don't you know who I am, a man of revelation? He says, but I'll glory in none of that. But I'm going to glory in the weakness of it. In other words, I'm going to boast that when I am weak, then God is strong. Now, 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 now. The problem is getting weak. So, so, so let me, let, let, let me, let me go against the grain of culture. I, I, I like in the church because uh, this is not TikTok. Look at your name and say, this ain't no TikTok, you know, little video. This, this isn't a Facebook video. So I'm going to say something to the ladies. Because I'm trying to teach you. How many want a perfected power in your life? You want perfected power? Anybody want perfected power? I need perfected power. And I'm going to tell you, while I slept, the angel of uh, uh, the Holy Spirit came and gave me revelation of perfected power by this illustration. So I'm going to give it to you. This was given to me while I was sleeping. And my spirit was communing with the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to give you something out of revelation. I'm going to call it out of Rima. So, so check this out. Ladies, I'm going to tell you something. And ladies, if you're taking notes, write this down because you're going to need this. You cannot do everything a man can do. Don't get mad at me. Don't try to give me hell or hole because it won't work. I'm full of the anointing. You're not going to mess with me. This is a divine revelation. Write this down, ladies. You cannot do everything a man can do. And thank God you can't. I don't, I don't want to see my wife saying, babe, I, I got my personal best on the bench press 325. I don't want that. I don't want nothing to do with that. Baby, I benched 730 pounds. I don't want none of that. I don't, I don't want to see her legs all swolled up. 
I don't want her to scratch my back and, and leave ribbons of blood because she's got calluses there, right? I'm going to tell you what draws me to her. Uh, first lady, look, you know, I, I, she said, baby, rub my back. I rub my back, and, and, and after I rub her back, I can smell my hand. It smells like flowers. Mmm, smells good. My baby smells good. I rub her back, and she leaves a scent on me. I, I love her femininity. She, she, she's a woman. So, so I'm going to give you the scripture. In fact, ladies, I want you to go there. First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 7. I was just going to quote it, but these are verses. And I've quoted these verses before. But ladies, I want you to hear how power is made perfect. And I'm going to use your femininity. Because how many know women, female, you've got femininity, and it is your power over men. I'm going to say that one more time. Baby, your femininity is power over a man. Now, now, some men are brutish, and they don't have no sense, and they're knuckleheads, and they don't understand a thing. They don't know how to dwell with their wife according to knowledge. Uh, uh, Sister Sean, are you, uh, um, Sister Sean, I'm going I'm to, I, I, I heard you say Jesus. Uh, uh, Sister Sean, will you do me a favor? I want you to stand. Are you in First Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 7? I, I, I want you, uh, Sister Sean. This is a, a, a lady, a woman of God. Sister Sean, I just want you to tell the church family, what does 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 say? Listen to this. And go real slow because, you know, sometimes it takes a little while to get that gravy down into that, that, that you know, when you're eating. It takes a little while to saturate the bread, right? So let, let, go ahead and throw it at them. Here we go. Y'all ready? Ladies, y'all ready? Check this out. Go ahead. So let me make sure I heard you right. I know you're reading from the apostle Peter. P Peter said, I have to give honor to her as the weaker vessel. Not, not the stronger one, but the weaker one. Doesn't mean she have good ideas. Thank you, Sister Sean. You may be seated. I, I just want to make sure I, I, I'm quoting that right. Because I got that verse is in my mind. It's in my heart. It's in my memory. It's how the Spirit of the Lord reminded me of that verse. I, I want you to hear this. That there's honor giving to her because she's weaker. Not because she doesn't have good ideas. Not because she's not smart. Because truth be told, she probably is smarter than you. <laughs> Husbands, look at your wife and say, you're smarter than me, babe. You smarter than me. You, you are. I guarantee you, if we took an IQ, I'm, my money's on the ladies. Now, this is my church. I think I know my people. I'm putting my money on the ladies. So I'm not talking about how smart you are. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about your abilities or, or, or all the talents you have. What we're talking about is you are the weaker vessel. That means that you don't have the strength we do. Lady, I'm sorry. Uh, if, if they paired me up with you, you going down. Somebody said, that's the truth. Who said that's the truth? Margo. Margo said, that's the truth. But the Bible says that she gets honored because she is weaker. Let me show you how it works as the Spirit showed me. You know, I, at home I have an island. And from the island of, in my kitchen, I can actually look to the door, the window rather, that faces the garage. And the first lady will say, babe, I'm going to get some groceries. I go, okay, okay babe, I'll be, I'm here. The moment that she pulls up, I jump up to get the groceries off because I don't want my wife carrying groceries. Just doesn't become her. I want to carry the groceries. Y'all don't hear what I just said? And I do it because she's the weaker vessel. I give honor to that. I don't want the first lady. She'll tell you, if she's trying, let me get that, babe. Don't, don't lift that. Put that down. Let me get it. I'm stronger than you. 
If I see her doing something that's strenuous, I'll jump out of my seat and say, baby, let me help you. Put that down. Girl, don't ever pick that up. That's too heavy. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your back. Let me do it. Let me hurt my back. And then you hurt your back. And if I can't pick it up, I'm going to call one of you guys. Come over to my house. Come pick this thing up. It's heavy. All she has to do is be weak, and she provokes my strength. Y'all hear what I just said? All she has to do is be her, be, be, be the lady, be, be the weaker vessel. And what you do in me is you provoke my strength. You cause me to rise up. You cause me to jump out of my chair. You cause me to run to you and say, set that down. Let me pick it up because I'm stronger than you. Oh, you're already putting it together, right? Eliana's already at the end of the message. You should have already been there too. Do you know that if you'll just be weak, you provoke the strength of God. In your weakness, God becomes strong, and his perfection runs to you. It runs to you. Let, let, let me show you. Let me show you how, how powerful this is. I was, I was in my sleep, and, and, and I was praying about some stuff been going on, stuff that I see in the church. Stuff I see in you. Man, I'm crying about it in the prayer closet. Man, I've taken every measure of authority. I've gone before God and I've pointed the devil out. I called his name out. The very spirits. I say, these spirits are troubling my family. You, me. And I was pointing my finger in my prayer closet. And I noticed that, that as I prayed, some of the people I see relief, but some I don't. And so I got before God, and I said, Lord, you're going to have to teach me something here because I'm praying, and, and, and I'm taking every advantage of the authority that Jesus set me in, and, I, and I'm a man who believes in warfare. And listen, man, listen, brother, sister, I know what it is to intercede, and I know what it is to go before God, and I know what it is to travail there. I know what it is to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I know what it is to abide under the shadow of His Almighty. But there were some people that I was praying for. I wasn't seeing no effect. And I said, Holy Spirit, you got to teach me something because... You know, I want to be a good shepherd. I want to be a man after God's own heart. I want to be that shepherd in those last days that has the heart of God. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And the Spirit came. And he says, you lack something. You want to add to your arsenal? You want to be more effective in prayer? I said, I do. He told me, be weak. Just tell God, you can't do it. I've done everything but that. I mean, these are, these are infirmities. These are things that pain me. And I've done everything but tell God, I can't handle it. Can't do it. I've prayed, I've fasted, I've cried, I've lamented, I've, I've prayed ritually with, with discipline. I know what it is to have a regimen in my prayer closet and I have not availed. What do I lack? What's going on? And the Spirit said, all you got to do is tell God you're weak. He'll run to you. And then I heard the Spirit of the Lord say something I haven't heard. In a dog's age. In fact, can I, I'm, I, can I give it to you and then I'll close with this? Because if you don't want it, you don't want it. Go to Psalm 68. And, and let, me, let me read something to you. Look, brother and sister, your victory is in being weak. The answer to your prayer is simply telling God, I cannot do it. Can't, I can't, can't do it. It's not that I haven't tried. I just, I just can't. I'm just going to be weak. It's not that I've given up. I'm just going to say, God, take over. And I'm going to glory in, in, in my weakness. 
I'm going to boast that I am now stronger than I've ever been because I became weak. And do you know, while I slept, the Spirit of the Lord visited my sleep. We were talking. I was asleep, but my spirit was engaging in real conversation with the Holy Spirit. And I heard him say this, Psalm 68. Let God arise. And let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melted before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto the Lord. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jehovah. Rejoice before him. We used to sing that song in church. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God, let God arise. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God, let God arise. Will you stand up right now with me? Will you lift up your hands to heaven? And let me sing it again for you one more time. Let God rise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God, let God arise. Father, today we come as your children who have been buffeted. Sadly, Father, we didn't know it was you doing the buffeting. Brother, sister, there is no consequence. (laughs) No situation, no thing, no circumstance happening in your life that isn't God. The whole earth is full of his glory. There's no situation, no thing. I know you think the people at your job just hate you because you love Jesus. But could I suggest to you that that is God's sovereignty producing in you a weakness. You know, I know that some of you recently lost a loved one and sometimes we we feel the impact of that loss, weakened by it. But could I suggest to you that that is God's sovereignty? Now, I'm going to tell you like Job understood it. See, see, Job lost everything he had, but it wasn't God doing it. It was the enemy doing it. God didn't cause him to have boils or the wind that stirred up that caused the walls to fall upon his children. It wasn't God behind the hail of fire that fell and consumed all his manservants. No. You see, that was the devil. But I want you to hear it. God permitted it. It's called sovereignty. It's our pain problem. Now, hear this well. I want you to know the problem with Job was Job lost his hedge. You see, he was fearful. All God was doing was mitigating the damage that Satan would have done before the enemy cometh forth to steal, kill, and destroy that God mitigated his hedge till he was built back up. Now all the people in that day, Job is the first book of the Bible, predates uh, the book of Genesis by many hundreds of years. And this is God's first revelation to you. I permit things to cause you to be weak because I choose weak things. I choose broken things. David understood it when he says, A broken and contrite spirit, O God, thou will not despise. You see, it's our pain problem. We don't see God in the trouble. But I want you to glory today in it. 
I want you to be like Apostle Paul. I see God in the blessing and I see him in the pain because his glory is revealed. Oh, it's easy to see the blessing and to glorify God. Look, look at what he did. Look what he gave me. Look, but then the pain problem is look what, look what left me. Look what was taken away. And we shake our fist at God and say, God, why did you do such and such a thing? When in reality, he just permitted it. Jesus said in this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Anybody this morning got a pain problem? I'm going to step down here as many have already come. I'm going to step and say, yeah, I have a pain problem. The Lord had to teach me how to deal with my pain. Anybody here with the pain problem? You got something happening in your life? Come down to the altar and just, just say, I'm going to glory in my pain. In other words, I'm going to boast that in this painful situation, God's going to rush to me. He's going to run to me. He's going to deliver me. There's no way the God of heaven, the Father that he is, isn't going to run to you. <laughs> He's going to say, set that down. Let me pick that up. That's too heavy for you. I can't even believe you're trying to pick that up. Look, you're going to hurt your back. Let me lift it. For I'm God. Anybody got a pain problem? Come down. Join me at the altar. We're going to pray for you. Uh, our elders are going to anoint you. They're going to they're going to pray over you. They're going to pray that whatever your pain problem is, we want you to leave today glorifying God for. You know, you're going to say, "I want to I want to boast that I just lost my job." <laughs> Somebody might say, "You lost your mind. You you given the Lord thanks that you lost your job." Yeah, because when I'm weak, then is His power made perfect. 